Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. this new series called I Love My Bible. Um, There is a book to go with this series. If you, well, the obvious choice is like your Bible. (laughs) That's the first thing I want to promote. Uh, That's always good. In all seriousness, though, if you haven't got a Bible that is easy for you to read, let us know and we'd love to make sure that you've got a decent Bible um, to go through. Um, But the other book is this, Uh, 30 Days to Understand in the Bible, and um, it's a really good overview of the Bible, making sense of the way that it's written, um, and all the, like, themes that happen as you read through your Bible, because, like, it's not chronological, if you haven't noticed already, Um, so it helps, like, fill in the blanks, make sense, it's a really good roadmap um, for that, and, uh, like, like, I've been teaching from the Bible for... I don't know, 25 years or whatever since I could speak probably. Um, but this made me go, oh yeah. So it is really, it's really handy, really helpful. So that's my top tip for us um, there. But we are in this series called I Love My Bible. And today the title of my message is, what is it? <laughs> what is it? Uh, yeah. So uh, here's our key verse. Are you ready? 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's a good verse, isn't it? It's pretty clear what it is from that. But actually, when we look into the Bible, sometimes we can end up going, I just don't get it. I just can't make uh, sense of it. It's kind of like uh, I had this like dawning realisation as I was driving somewhere a little while ago and my phone wasn't charging adequately. And I thought to myself, if I get lost now... I'm going to be really stuck because although there is an A to Z map in the boot of my car, I have no idea how to read a map. Like, and I thought that's like a really important life skill. Like, you know, like I wish at school they had taught us how to like balance. <laughs> I wish they taught. They did. Yes, they did teach us things. I was just not listening. Um, but um, but like I wish they taught us like how to balance your accounts and stuff like that. Like, real stuff that you need when you're an adult. Like I had no idea what to do with that. Um, and things like how to read a map. Like I never learned how to read a map. And I think that's a really important life skill. Like what if I got lost somewhere and I didn't know where to go? And like. It's just this realisation of just how dependent I am on Google Maps. Um, And sometimes I think when it comes to the Bible, it's the kind of map that sometimes we don't know how to read it. And it's very easy to get lost or think you're in the right place, think you're making sense of it. But unless you know how to read the map, the map is pretty useless. The A to Z map that is in my car is useless because I don't know how to read it, right? So it's my prayer, it's our prayer over this series that actually um, we less have the Bible as just um, an object of our faith, but it becomes something that is usable, that is understandable, that it impacts us, that it transforms 
transforms us by the renewing of our mind. But it's our prayer that we fall in love with God's word, that we can truly say, I love my Bible because it makes sense to me. It speaks to me. It is the word of God to me. So we're going to have a bit, it's going to be a bit of a teach today rather than the usual like that I normally want to bring on a Sunday. So I'm being restrained, okay? But um, under your um, chairs, there are four envelopes. So if you've got an envelope under your chair, have a little look for it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Not the giving envelopes, it's a white envelope. Jamie's got an envelope, well done, Lise. M's got one. Okay, who's got one that's got the number one on it? Yes, Tina. Can you read this out to us? 66 books, two testaments. It is made up of 66 books split into two testaments, okay? 66 books into two testaments. Does anybody know all the books of the Bible? Oh, I bet John could do it, couldn't you? Come on, oh, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Pastor John, Pastor John, come on, from the top. You are getting it wrong now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> That's all right. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2, two Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Lamentations, yeah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, me, I, I get lost here, Maker, thank you, <laughs> she's got him. <laughs> Uh, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, jo- Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those ones. Then the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, <laughs> Acts, Romans, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Do you know I've lost it? Oh! That was amazing, John. I couldn't even begin to do it. It's one of those things that was like a a Sunday school thing that I did not apply myself to at all. But uh, that is like, or anything to do with that. Right, who's got the the next one? Who's got number two? Come on, the mayor. Can you open it up and read it to us? What's this number? 40. 40. Authors. Yeah, approximately 40 authors. Very good. Which is strange, isn't it? Because most books, it's at least, it's just one author. But there are 40 authors that have uh, put it together. Who's got number three? Come on, M. Written over a period of 1,500 years. Wow. Whoa, that's amazing. That's really cool. Who's got number four? Come on, Mike. Three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek originally written in those three different languages and these are just facts about the Bible it is wild to me that 40 people could have written the same story and have so much like like um, continuity throughout it and that's because it's the inspired word of God there was actually one author that wrote it through those people over 1500 years and it all works together beautifully that it has words of about Jesus from Genesis right the way through to Revelation he's weaved right into it and we're going to look at that um, in, in another couple of weeks and um, we are going to do a bit of a whistle stop tour of the Bible this morning but we're going to start by looking at how it's broken down 
So in the Old Testament, it's, can you see that past that board? It's, uh, it's broken down into the law, which is like the, f- the first part of um, the Bible, where it's got things like uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus and those sorts of parts. And then the history. So those are like the chronicles and kings and judges, all those sorts of things. Then you've got like the poetry or the writings, it's sometimes called, which is like um, all the Psalms and the Proverbs and those sorts of things where we find the songs of God. And then we have the major prophets, um, which are like Isaiah, Jeremiah. And then we have the minor prophets, which are shorter books towards the end of the Bible. Um, And it's broken down like that in the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, it's broken down to the Gospels and then um, the letters. And then it ends with Revelation, which is a future look at what um, God is going to do. Uh, But we're going to go through it a little bit today. And this is where this book will help you uh, better if you want to look at it in your own time. Um, But uh, there's some like key themes that come out, which I think will be helpful for us to understand the narrative of what God is doing. And so I was going to get somebody to help me with this this morning while I am talking. And I think I'm going to get Jamie to help me with this. He was like, don't look at me, don't look at me. So I'm going to be talking about some themes and I want you to draw like a little picture to go with each theme on there. So by the time I'm finished, there's going to be lots of different things on there, okay? No pressure, Jamie. I mean, I was going to get Olivia to do it and she, she's not here, so you can berate her next week about not being here and getting you to do it. So the first thing that we see is creation. Creation takes part, uh, place in... Um, <laughs> Just draw a world. You're going to have to start small because I've got loads. I've got the whole Bible here, Jamie, okay? Uh, So uh, creation. So you can get into Genesis and you can see the story of us. The story of God placing his identity in us. The next theme that we start to see, which continues in Genesis and then further throughout the Bible, is the patriarchs, the the, the men that were given promise right from the off. We hear about Abraham. We know the story of Abraham. I spoke a bit about it at team night if you were there. But Abraham gets given the promise of God that I'm going to make you into a great nation and your nation will bless the the nations. And we know that as the blessing of God to us and through us. When we enjoy singing that wonderful song and the, the blessing, it's what we're joining with is this original blessing that God gave Abraham and the future descendants. Um, and then we see it on with uh, his sons and how that progresses down to Jacob, who uh, who becomes named Israel. And then we see these this nation formed out of the tw- his 12 sons. And then the, the story kind of fast forwards on to Exodus, where Israel has now found themselves enslaved by Egypt. And God sends Moses um, in and says, hey, Pharaoh, let my people... And then it's a great exodus out of Egypt and we know how that story goes and they uh, walk around for 40 years and then um, sure enough uh, they enter the promised land and we have the, the stories of the conquest of the promised land. In other words, the way that the people of God need to take authority over what God has already promised them. Yeah, And we see that theme uh, throughout um, uh, Joshua and on. Um, and then it's the time of the judges. So there's this, there's books in the Bible 
called Judges. Um, and this was a period of time where God would raise somebody up to judge, to lead, to protect, to steward, to, to be at this prophetic voice to the people of God. It's the stories where we have Samson, uh, we have Deborah, we have all these different leaders of God's people in that time. And I'm seeing some smirks at the, the uh, drawings that are happening behind me. Um, and there in Judges, you see this thing that's a bit of a fancy word, but it's the apostasy cycle. Basically, it's the story of how uh, the people of God are in good relationship with God. Then they uh, start to worship idols. Uh, they, they start to sin. And then God is like, what are you doing? And then, uh, and then there, there's this time of like um, oppression which um, takes place because they're not following uh, God's law and living righteously and then uh, God sends um, like another judge that goes come on we need to repent and this time of repentance happens and then they are free from oppression again it's this whole big cycle that for us when we read that we can see the way that God has acted in grace we can actually see Jesus in that cycle if you read it for yourself then we have kings um, where the people demanded a king even though God was their king they demanded a king and we know how that went not so good and then there was a righteous king in David uh, King David who was far from perfect but he uh, was a man after God's own heart and there's some beautiful uh, stuff in there Um, and then there's the exile and the rebellion because basically God's people were just not living for God. They were living for themselves. They were living for idols of other nations, wanting to be like other nations. Um, And in that period of time, they were exiled by the Babylonians. And you can read those stories. That's where we get the story of like Daniel in the lion's den and all that sort of thing. Um, And then it ends with um, the return and the temple being rebuilt. The return and the temple being rebuilt, which is actually kind of a prophetic picture of what God was later going to do. That as he sent his son, Jesus, to rebuild the temple, not of stone, but of people, of human hearts. There's this beautiful um, picture in there. And then there are 400 years of silence between the last book and the gospel of Jesus. How mad is that? 400 years of silence. And in the New Testament or the New Covenant, um, it is the four Gospels tell us of the birth of Jesus. Um, It tells us of the ministry of Jesus, how he uh, healed the sick, um, uh, opened blind eyes, um, gave stories of the kingdom of God. Um, And then we have in every Gospel the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. The story of Jesus' death and resurrection, which is the single most important thing to have ever happened in history. That when Jesus died, he took it all on himself. And when he rose again, he brought our life with it. He brought our, he changed the whole dynamic of the whole world in that instant. And in that moment, history changed forever. Um, And then we have the 
Pentecost, we see that in the, the book of Acts where the God, uh, Jesus promised all along, didn't he? I'm going to send another. And he sent another, it, the Holy Spirit, that is the presence of God dwelling within us. When the temple was rebuilt on the inside of you, the presence of God came and dwelt in you and upon you. And we see that moment of Pentecost where just like the church grew and the church scattered. We see all that and the 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 process of the early church becoming the early church and then scattering across the world. We see Paul's salvation, which is key because actually in that moment, he became the, uh, the one that sent word, not just to the Jewish people, to the, the Hebrews, but actually to the Gentiles who were at that point still not accepted into what what God's plan was for the earth. They weren't accepted into the blessing of God on the earth. But Paul um, took the message to uh, countries across Europe, across Asia, and it was absolutely amazing. And then we have the letters to the churches, yeah, encouraging the churches to hang on in there when they're facing unprecedented persecution. Um, and then we have the book of Revelation, which is like an acid trip, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> when you read it and you go, what on earth is this all about? But let me tell you this. It's a picture of, the, of important news about the fact that our God has not finished yet. There is a now and there's a not yet. There's a now to our salvation and our experience of the grace and power of God and our restoration and there's a not yet, right? And it's a, it, once you start to understand the pictures that are being painted, we see that there is going to be a glorious return of our Saviour Jesus. So that is a whistle-stop tour of the Bible, which I don't enjoy teaching this stuff because I feel like it's bigger than me. But I tell you what, when I started to understand that there is a big picture that goes along with the one verse that I'm reading this morning or the chapter that I'm reading this morning, it helps me put into focus the bigger picture of what God wants to say to me. Let's have a look, Jamie. What do we reckon, guys? Is that, that's pretty good. You may take a bow and take your seat. He's going to take a real one because he's an actor. Yeah. There we go. Amazing. Which is really cool, isn't it? But still, I find myself asking the question, yeah, but what is it? What is it to me? What, it, what impact does it have on me? And we're going to go quickly through some verses now that will help frame um, the Word of God for us to reprioritize its importance in our lives, to reframe the way that it can change your world. Are you ready? So John 1, 1 says this, in the beginning was the Word. The Word of God has been at the beginning of creation. That before anything came to be, what did God do? He spoke. What did God do? He spoke. What did God do? He spoke. And he is still speaking. I love the fact that our universe isn't expanding at the speed of light. It's expanding at the speed of sound. Because our God spoke 
and it came to be. I love that fact. I love that. That, that it just makes me laugh that like, yes, of course it is. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. These words shape us as though God does because it is God. And the Word was God and He was with God in the beginning. Who are we talking about here? Jesus. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life and the life was light to mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What this is saying is, in the beginning was all the potential. In the beginning was the Word of God towards you today. In the beginning, Jesus is the Word. He is the fulfilment of the Word. He is the speaker of the Word. And He is the Word of God living and active in your world right now. This book is more than just a book. This book is more than just 66 books written by uh, 40 different authors across 1,500 years. It's more than that. It is the Word of God to you and to every generation. Psalm 119 says this in um, verse 105 because it's like the biggest psalm in the world. Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. His word lights our way. His word is not just a good idea, it is the idea about how you should live. So if you're not sure whether or not you're making the right decisions about things, if, if you're not sure about whether you should turn to the left or to the right, his word is able to light the way for you. It makes it really easy to figure out whether I'm living for my own flesh, for my own desires, for my own way of doing things, or am I a living according to God's word? It's a lamp unto my feet. The amount of times when I've not known what on earth to do do and then sometimes if I'm being honest quite reluctantly I turn to the word of God and I'm like oh that's what I need to do sometimes it's more like oh that's what I need to do when it's like forgive each other and I'm like but they annoy me but the truth is this it's a light to my um, path it's a lamp for my feet Ephesians 6 verse 17 says this, and we know this uh, well, it's uh, talking in the context of the armour of God, yes, it says therefore stand, and when you can all, all you can do is stand, stand therefore in the armour of God, yeah, and it goes through that wonderful list, and it says this, take the helmet of salvation, yeah, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, this word is more than something that's knowledge. This word is more than something that is just uh, letters on a page. It is an offensive weapon in our hands that we can use to declare over situations. I love the fact that Moses made this declaration to Pharaoh, let my people Go. It was an authority given to, it was words, but here a nation was l like left slavery in that moment because words matter. This is an offensive weapon in our hands. When you are facing difficulty, when you are facing crisis, when you are facing an 
insurmountable issue in your life, the Word of God is a powerful and offensive weapon in your hand. When I did not know what to do, I knew that I could trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways submit to Him and He will make my path straight, that I will fear no bad news because my heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Like this is an offensive weapon. It can absolutely transform our world, not when we just know it, but when we live it, when we speak it, when we declare it. Parents in the room, let's declare the word of God over our children. Let's declare it in their, in their hearing. Let's declare the word of God over our kids. Um, because it is awesome. I'm getting excited. Preacher's going to preach. Right. Hebrews uh, 4 verses 12 say this. and I love this so much. It says this. For the word of God is alive and active. It's not a dusty book on your shelf. It's alive and active. The same creative power that spoke the world into being is still creating, is still moving, is still working in our lives. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Bit weird, we'll come back to that in a second. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. The Word of God has the ability to come right into where it counts. Dividing soul and spirit. What does that mean? That's, it seems odd, doesn't it? But dividing soul and spirit. Dividing the difference between what's you and what you want and what the Spirit of God is doing and speaking over you. It helps, because then it goes on to say, and it judges the thoughts of our heart, yeah? So it's helping us to make sense of, am I living out of myself or am I living, is the spirit man living first, yeah? Remember we talked about at Grow Group, is, is that the head of our house? Is that the head of our boardroom? Is the spirit of God the head, in the seat table in the boardroom of our life? It helps us to make sense of those things that it is alive and active, bringing clarity to our lives. And lastly, Proverbs 4 verse 20 says this, Son, daughter, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. The word of God is health to one's body. Wisdom, which is found here, is health to one's body. You see, it's not just something that deals with our spiritual life. The word of God deals with our physical life. That this word brings health to our body. It gives life to our bones. It's not just something that is a Bible a book that belongs in a library. It's something that physically affects our well-being. That's why I love my Bible. That's why I love my Bible. When I open these pages up, or when I open my phone sometimes, and I read through these things, and I find the fact that actually, like, God, this is, 
This is so much better for me than those other things I was scrolling through on Instagram. I hear the word of God. I hear his voice to me. Not just corporately, but personally to me. The word of God is alive and active. It's health to one's whole body. It is a sword in my hand. It is a lamp for my feet. It's a light on my path. It is Jesus to me. It's his word. It's his voice to me. I love my Bible. I love my Bible. And it's our hope that through this series, we will we will learn to read our Bibles and we will learn to enjoy our Bibles and we will learn to have this weapon of warfare in our hands. That we won't be intimidated by it. That we wouldn't fear it or we wouldn't be so confused about what it means. But we would have revelation from it. That we'd hear God's voice to us. You ever find yourself going, I, I, just, I just need to hear God's voice. Like if God said, God's already said it right here if you're lost and you're like I need a fresh word yes but this is all of it this is still fresh bread every morning this is still fresh to us every single day God's voice to us right we're going to pray this this is what I want you to do if you've got your phone or if you've got your bible with you today or if you haven't got something then just imagine you do I want you to hold it in your hand Grab a flyer if you haven't got one. This is what we're going to do. We're going to thank God for his word to us. Yeah? God, we thank you that you started by speaking and you continue to speak to us today. I thank you, God that we have your word which is alive and active and speaking to us today. I thank you God that this word that I hold in my hand right now is a lamp unto my feet. I thank you God that this word is health to my body right now. I thank you Lord God that this is you Jesus to me speaking to me. God would you help me to have revelation when I open your word. Would you help me to have um, the ability to make sense of this wonderful book? That I wouldn't just live for myself and according to the patterns that I have become accustomed to, but that I would begin to live according to your word and your kingdom at work in me and through me. I thank you for my Bible. I thank you that I have the freedom to read my Bible. And we just, let's just pray right now for the persecuted church all across this world that are not permitted to read this wonderful book. God, we thank you for those people risking it all to get your word into countries and nations that are not permitted to have it right now. We thank you, Lord God, for your word there. I pray, God, that you would do a miracle in those nations. I pray that you would put your word, Lord God, into the hands of people who so much desperately need it and God would you give us the same hunger for your word like those people who can't have it right now speak your protection over them God I thank you that you are making a way where there is no way over there right now 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome.